Welcome to Teal of Interiors, a holistic approach to interior design. I'm Dee. And I'm Alicia. And welcome back to another episode of Tea Over Interiors. We have a special guest this week, Kimberly Armstrong, and we will get to her in just a minute. But before we do, you know I need to know what you're sipping on. I'm sipping on Morning Roar. What's the flavor profile? It's very good. It's very good. It's like a strong decaffeinated tea, which I usually like in the morning. Okay, very nice. Green tea or decaffeinated? No, no, it's a black tea. It's full on. Okay. (laughs) She's funny. So I'm going to do my usual peppermint tea. Okay. Gets me a little pick-me-up. Sometimes I just need to do my peppermint. (laughs) Okay. So I have jasmine green tea today. It is delicious. You know, jasmine is one of those flavors that I can't decide if I like or not. Today (laughs) I put honey in it, so I like it. We're going to move on to okay. okay. What you got for us, D? You guys know who George Washington Carver is, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you know him for, Alicia? I don't know. Forgot. I know the name. Yeah. I know the name. I'd be on that. Don't know. Okay. So, Kimberly, you're going to learn that I'm, like, brutally honest. Like, I, don't, I just bust out my face with stuff. Well, George Washington Carver, he was well known for like the peanut. You know, he's always associated with the peanut. But actually, I watched a special on him the other day. And it turns out that he was an agricultural scientist. And he was one of the first black botanists in the world. He was actually born into slavery. And because he was weak and fragile as a child, he actually didn't do any work in the field. And so he ended up being like, a child that liked to spend a lot of time in nature. So he discovered things about plants and everything like that. And that's how he became this famous botanist. So he found that cotton crops were actually depleting the soil. And so he told them that they had to plant other things, sweet potatoes, peanuts, and that would give the soil back the nitrogen that it needed. So that's really what he was responsible for. He was responsible for making several uses for the peanut, but also helping to rejuvenate the soil after the cotton crops. Very interesting. Oh, That's really fascinating. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. And your journey will lead you to something if you pay attention. And he That's was paying correct. attention. So now we're going to move on to today's topic. We have a special guest, Kimberly Armstrong. <laughs> From Armstrong Design Collective. Kimberly, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself before we dive in and start asking you a bunch of questions? Yeah, sure. I look forward to the questions. <laughs> but yes, my name is Kimberly Armstrong, and I'm an interior designer in Nashville, Tennessee. I've been here for five years, and it's been an interesting five years because Nashville is changing, as many cities are, but rapidly. So it's been fun, challenging, educational, all of the above. But I really enjoyed it so far. I came from the East Coast. I studied in New York City, and I also studied in South Florida. I studied fashion, buying and merchandising, 
at the first run and then interior design for the second run. And it was really exciting to see how I had worked in the workforce and taken what I had learned and then applied it to an educational experience at that age. It was it was different. It was very yeah. different. I learned a lot. The reason why we thought you would be a great guest when we heard about you was because our journey is kind of similar. Like Alicia and I, we've been in retail for a very long time. And I was in visual merchandising. You were in okay, merchandising, sure. buying, right? Buying, buying and merchandising, yes. So I was in the visual aspect of the merchandising, you know, creating planning games, that kind of thing. Sure. And, and I also did interior design for a lot of stores. And Alicia's done interior design for a lot of stores. And we had our own businesses on the side as interior designer. And <laughs> you also have the same, what should I say? Uh, awareness. Um, awareness when it comes to spirituality and things like that within a person's space. It's not so much just yeah. like decoration for the sake of decoration, right? Exactly, exactly. So, or consumption for the sake of consumption. consumption. It's really. Exactly. Yeah. And that's yep. how we align. And so we're just happy to have you today. I wanted to ask from studying, buying and merchandising to later pursuing your interior design career. Could you share how your background in retail sales and marketing influences your design philosophy today? Oh, that's a big question. I guess, as I mentioned earlier, paying attention. I've discovered that recently. Someone had asked me how I came up with something. And I said, you know what? I think I'm I've paid attention my whole life, tried to watch people. I've tried to learn from the experiences. So that groundwork gave me a really interesting perspective on interiors. You know, there's a lot that goes in with fashion design and fashion in the whole world. It has a lot to do with interior design as well. Pulling patterns and colors and things that work together to tell a story. Telling a story on a person, you're telling a story in a space. I think it made me understand that in the time period that we have been in in the last 10, 15, 20 years, it's really important to understand that what you want and what you need are two different things. Mm -hmm. What can bring you comfort in your space can be the smallest amount of things. Right. Maybe it's a small amount of really great things and one or two are expensive and the other two are from home goods. It can all work together to make a really comfortable, conscious space to live in. I've noticed a lot of times they kind of want to see what other people are doing instead of really tuning in and paying attention to their needs. Like you said, paying attention to what you want and just being aware of that. I totally agree. In retail, you get people coming in to the store and they ask, well, what are people doing? Well, what is current now? Exactly. So I've learned not to give them the generic answer and to make them feel comfortable because they're just going to go with whatever everybody else is going with. So I, I nudge, I push, I challenge, I encourage them to really tap in to what they believe in and what, what moves them and what makes them feel well within themselves. But it's not an easy process. It would be so much easier just to give them what they want. And let me tell you something. They fight you sometimes. Have you found that to be uh, true in your experience, Kimberly, that you have to kind of ask people the question like, well, what is it that would work for you? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. In fact, if I were to give any advice to any young interior designers or anybody working in this field, take your minor in psychology because it will help you through a lot. I have a psychology degree. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And Absolutely. I never expected that because when I came out of design school in 2011, 
I really was helping a lot of interior designers in Palm Beach because that's where I went to school at Palm Beach State College. And some of them were friends and I met them through other people. But at that time period, they really were struggling with their showrooms being a mess. But what I learned from that is that people need organization just as much as design. And so that beautiful combination goes directly to the play of conscious consumerism and maybe letting things go. They don't realize they have these relationships with things. And, you know, I also am a declutter coach because I have to, that's the first thing I have to do because otherwise I can't build the space they want with all these things that don't work with the new person and the new space that they want to live in. Kimberly, your design journey, it spans across various cities, as you just mentioned to us, each with its own cultural nuances. So how have these diverse experiences shaped your approach to design? Well, it's been such a fun journey to experience those different cities, New York, Chicago, Charlotte, Atlanta for a little while, and now Nashville and Palm Beach for a very, very long time. You know, each place, people live their lives differently, whether it had to do with um, climate, like the weather that was around, or space, like New York City. So I think it was really important, as in every project, to talk to the the person and to understand what their challenges are, what their desires are, and then to shape it to how they're living their life. I admire your willingness to change your environment as an entrepreneur. And what do you feel prompts that decision to move? And I think it's wonderful. And I think that more people would benefit from that, both professionally and personally. But what is the impetus for your doing so? Well, thank you for that compliment. It's, <laughs> it's been an interesting, fun journey. You know, I guess it's my entrepreneurial spirit, my spirit and adventure. Both my mother and my father threw us in the car really on, early on in life. And we were hitting the road on road trips. My fun fact, my father is from the northern, northern part of Minnesota. And my mother is from the southern part of Alabama. Okay. So we were just all over the map. And I think along that journey, it's probably given me some insight into how things don't really resonate with me. I certainly have. I have a coffee cup mug collection. You know, that's my my collection of things. But I don't have a lot of things or the weight of things in my life. So that's allowed me personally to maybe move about, make change like that. But because of that, I think I can share that with clients a little easier, a little softer, maybe with whatever their situation is of maybe letting things go. Let's say you have a free day to do exactly what you want to do. What is it that you would do? Oh, my gosh. I'm so boring. I relax is what I do. I just might binge watch a show. I was just finishing up Belvegar, I think. It's a place in London uh-huh. that they built in the late 18 and mid-1800s, I believe, where everybody transferred to and lived in the fancy place of, of London. And it's it's the same producers and writers of Downton Abbey oh, and The Gilded okay. Age. I'm huge into that period piece stuff right now. So yeah, that's my goofy self would binge watch for hours. Tell me, is that your design aesthetic? What, what would you describe your design aesthetic as? Oh, mine personally? But your personal design is um, fairly eclectic, definitely not traditional, transitional, mm-hmm. eclectic, kind of, you know, I gather these things along the journey and some will stay, some will go, but I'm really not committed to much. What's the craziest request you've had from a client? 
Oh my gosh. Well, it's not crazy. It's cute. So a wonderful family in New York lived in a very nice size apartment. It wasn't huge by any means, but for New York, it was really great. But the little ones shared a bedroom and the son was younger. The daughter was a little older. And my challenge was that she wanted a princess bed and he wanted a ninja turtle bed. And they were right there together. And I thought, how am I going to make like, this? is like so opposite. And we created a jungle where the princess lived with the birds and the everything. And the ninja turtle coincided in the jungle just nicely. And it worked out fantastic. I'm sure the kids really enjoyed it. Yeah. You have to send us a picture of that. So great. It was so great. It's been so fun to talk to both of you. I love that you recognize what I'm trying to speak to, work through with people, have them understand the responsibility, too, of what you're purchasing and how you're putting it to work for you and just being a good steward of this world and of this planet. Excellent. Alicia, did you have any final words? Well, I think I want to ask Kimberly if she feels the movement of interior design has augmented or supported your vision in this life. You know, in what way do you think it has propelled you or moved you in the direction of ease? I don't like to use the word happiness, but, you know, in the the right direction for for peace and and wellness. I studied in 2009, 2011. A lot has changed since then. As I mentioned before, I feel that within the industry, within all of the different legs and arms of design, because it's plentiful. There's so many things that design has to do with. It's not just residential. It's not just commercial. It's everything. And so I believe that there's been a conscious effort to understand people's responsibility in this time is really important. It was just at a wellness seminar. The people who spoke came from the architectural side of it. They came from the manufacturing side, the interior designers. And so everybody was cognizant enough to understand that this is a movement moving forward. Like this is what we kind of have to, we should do. We're also coming from a time when gluttony things were important. You know, my mom had all silver and she's, I just want to hand it down to you. And I'm like, oh, we don't want it. So it's a different way. We're just changing. People of my era and my age understand that differently. And that even the younger people have a totally different idea of how they're going to move forward and are much more conscious about conscious consumerism. So yes, I do believe that we're moving in that direction. It's going to take a minute, but it's moving in the right way. I concur. I see it. I went into interior design, I guess, in the 80s. I was practicing and I feel that the industry has changed, but it's mostly because people have changed. An incredible shift in what people want Mm -hmm. and how they live. I feel like I've been talking this for a long time, but that luxury people do want a life with a lot of bling and they, they still want things that are showy and they still do want things that impress but I see a lot less of it. And I think that there's a way to do that without the gluttony of it all. <laughs> so that's been exciting to share. Yeah. I love yeah. giving myself luxury, luxurious experiences. So like, I like to go to the spa. I like to get a facial and a massage. Oh, yeah. That would be on my list of that, of that day off. That would be on my list for sure. Five years in Nashville now. Five years. Yep. 
Yeah. And have you seen a shift there since you've been? I don't know if I know enough about the area yet. I moved here not knowing anyone, but I don't know that I can speak to Nashville in that world yet. It, okay. it needs some help for sure. Everything is new to Nashville. There's mm. so many people who are coming to Nashville. Yeah. Culture, just like a lot of other cities in our country, too. I believe that there's going to be a grand study in 10 years or so about what has happened and the shift of cultures in all kinds of different communities. It's going to be very interesting. I hope I'm still alive to read it. You yeah. will. I read something not too long ago about Nashville and like all the buildings and High yeah. rides they were creating and they weren't able to build people into those spaces. Is it because the population is still not moving toward living in apartments or they're more used to housing? Well, yes, yes and no. So that's one of the specialties that I work with in downtown Nashville. And that's what took me a couple of years to find my footing here to see how, how I fit in. Because I wasn't really interested in going to do big projects in the suburbs and, you know, the long process of picking things out and tile. And I don't want to pick out tile for two weeks. I don't want to do that or three months. But what I wanted to teach is how to purposely live in small spaces. They are very conscious of small living, of how to live in a city. I like to find clients who need help with that, who might not understand how a building works. Because just to live in a building, there's so many things to understand. Oh, yeah. Um, like, inserting a trash thing that comes in and out of a cabinet rather than having it be sitting in your living room basically you know all of the little things or to how do you manage in the building so in that manner yes downtown definitely is but i think that there's a long ways for them to go for even recycling okay mm -hmm. well thank you so much kimberly for joining us today <laughs> thank you ladies yes and everybody check kimberly out at Armstrong Design Collective. We are on Instagram and Facebook as well. And we have our website at armstrongdesigncollective.com. All right. If you're in the Nashville area, make sure you hit Kimberly up. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. Yeah. <laughs>